That's the human chick banging the plant man. Welcome to season six where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Love me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how I now understand how much of a source of frustration I've been for my friends when planning their weddings. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> Did Julie tell you how I had my wife ask her around you about the rehearsal dinner? Did yeah. she tell you that? Yeah, she sure did. Love you too. In my defense, I'm doing everything I can. And yeah, you're doing your best. It's my parents holding me up who taught me everything I know about procrastination. So you're just a man in his 30s doing his best. Just we a, get it. I'm just a man. We're just ordinary men. The real life <laughs> is now leaking into the podcast and leaking back out. And yeah. I think that's fun and special. Yeah, it's all saturated like a like a sponge in water. So, guys, <laughs> Warner Brothers, as you may know, How about them. It's had a rough year. What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I have a hard time believing that. They've had so many blockbuster superhero movies. Quick, Andrew, name them all. Shazam. <laughs> Warner Brothers has received backlash from everything, including ditching the incredibly popular branding for their streaming app, soft canceling the DC Cinematic Universe, starting a new DC Cinematic Universe, <laughs> and being one of the villains in the Summer of Strikes. <laughs> They really are. They like. <laughs> I saw something. It was. It was like David Zaslav was created as a golem of hate for everyone to take. Incredible. <laughs> for everyone to take to the end, the recording or the motion picture industry. It is kind of a thing that when like boards of directors decide they're gonna like make some unpopular changes to to hit the money pinata. They will change CEOs to like a sacrificial lamb CEO whose job yeah. it is to go out there and be a punching bag for six to nine months. And then they fire them and act like that fixed all the problems, but they passed through all the unpopular things under that CEO's reign. So uh, the actual yeah. reference was it's a, a dinner for schmucks, but for billionaire CEOs. Yeah. Which yeah. like, <laughs> I haven't thought about the movie dinner for schmucks in a long time, but right. But there you what go. A ref. Yeah. <laughs> that is why CEO David Zaslav came to me wearing a hood in the dead of night so I wouldn't accidentally be spotted with him, to ask if I could lend Debate This's creative division to the company to help them create some animated DC Comics content to help win the public back onto their side, while adding some separation between the two cinematic universes they are ending and creating. Never the one to hinder Debate This's influence on world media, I agreed, but on one condition that I can make it spooky. <laughs> because, listeners, the Spooktacular Express has left the station, and we are making no stops. Throughout the month of October, we will release new spooky content each Tuesday, and this is no exception. No stops. If you want out, you gotta jump. 
you tuck got and tuck roll. and roll, baby. Like those old timey uh, mailbag collecting mechanics they would <laughs> use in the in the wild west on trains. We're not stopping. We're not stopping. <laughs> I would like to make a quick stop though and discuss the logistics because I thought the episodes were the stops. Have we changed that along the way? <laughs> no, I also thought the episodes were the stops. No, no, no. The stops are inside your heart. Okay. I had that same uh, realization of the contradiction of our lore uh, as I, mean, I was typing it. I'm fine and, with both. Yep, <laughs> they both I didn't can be care because right. I really wanted that to use that turn of phrase this week. Making no stops. Making no stops. So uh, David Zaslav reluctantly agreed because I took his car keys when he wasn't looking and I wouldn't give him back until he did. However, he had a counter request for me. If we have to make this content spooky, then we have to use more Warner Brothers Discovery intellectual properties to do so. He asked if we could do a mashup of DC characters with Warner Brothers' oft-forgotten Universal Classic Monsters property. A monster mash-up, if you will. God. All right, I will acknowledge that that is an S-tier pun. <laughs> Very well done. I'm impressed. Now, that beside the point, do you guys remember that Universal was going to make a Monsters universe? If I would have uh -huh. had the opportunity to spend $1 million on what is the <laughs> thing that Matt is going to say next? It is that. Dude, oh my God. Every time we talk about the monster, like the Universal classic monsters, I'm re reminded of the fact that Universal was going to go. All Damn, yeah. in on a universal monster, on a cinematic, monster universe. cinematic universe. There's a promotional photo of all the major players out there with Tom yeah. Cruise as with their Tom Robert Cruise. Downey Jr. Yes. leading the charge. We'll talk about Love that, that more in the post show. Uh, listeners, it was going to be just go, real go quick. Ahead. Shut up for <laughs> a second. Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Going to be called the Dark Universe, and it was literally only killed by COVID. Like we were a whole pandemic away from almost having a full. No, it had to go earlier than I that. I thought it was killed by the financial failure of yeah. the Tom Cruise mummy movie. Right. Yeah, that movie didn't do very well. Also, we already talked about Stephen King's The Dark Universe. That episode is over. Let's move on. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it wasn't killed by Dracula Unleashed or whatever it was called because that movie was actually pretty good. We'll we'll talk more about the Dark Universe <laughs> love, and other things. I love the part of Dracula Unleashed when he turned into a werehog at night <laughs> i regret nothing of that movie post show this is all going to be in the he post makes show. a fist out of listeners, fine, listeners okay. you can okay. listen to the post patreon. show by subscribing to our patreon uh, patreon.com slash debate this cast go to it but give us money and you can listen to this this conversation later as always <laughs> back in character i can't pitch these monster mashups alone so i have recruited andrew graboids henderson todd cellar dweller thomas and matt Gorgo Cole to pitch me their best DC character meets the Universal Monster movies. Patent pending. I Patent pending. <laughs> definitely it. copyright. Have heard Graboids before, mm -hmm. but I cannot place the other two. So these are all just just like non-universal monster movies that also weren't like in the Freddy versus Jason universe as well. Um, <laughs> just, oh. some, just some fun monster titles I pitched. Graboids is from Tremors. That's the Those are the worms in Tremors. Cellar oh. mm -hmm. uh, Dweller is from the movie of the same name, Cellar Dweller. And Gorgo is also from the movie of the same name. That is like a Godzilla ripoff, but American and 80s 
B horror. So interesting. There you cool. go. Um, guys, before we dive in, what what do you know about the Universal Classic Monsters? We want to spell out what that is for our less educated readers. Yeah, I mean it's the the original classic black and white. Yeah, monster movie yeah. monsters. Dracula, that mummy. It's like you got your your Draculas, your Frankenstein's, your Invisible Men, your Invisibles Man. Excuse me. Thank you. Yeah, the and some other ones that we're gonna talk about that I don't want to spoil. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any old timey drive-in movie that starts with "It came from blank." Correct. These are all like pretty much in the public domain, except under the like Winnie the Pooh rule, where like. The universal versions of these monsters are not public domain, but like Dracula is, Frankenstein is, those are public domain. So it's that fun, weird corner where like a very specific depiction of these characters are copyright protected by Warner Brothers now. They have uh, specific Halloween themed cereals. Most of them have specific Halloween themed cereals. If if a monster has a cereal, it probably fits in this category. Yeah. 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 Nobody out there eating like Freddy-O's right now that I know of. So guys, oh, to, <laughs> to kick this off, what DC comic character and universal classic monster will meet in your animated feature length straight to streaming movie? Is this a team up? Is this a versus? A little of one, a little of the other? Tell me about your movie a little bit. Andrew, kick us off. Yeah, so this is a team up, but it also isn't its it's something a little bit different. And I'm just going to read my treatment because I wrote a treatment as I want to do. And I do want to note that, Kyle, this one is for you, my friend. Good. Good. So, Basil Carlo is a run-of-the-mill, lower-middle-class suburbanite living a quiet life as a high school Spanish teacher in Western Ohio. Mr. Carr, as the kids call him, spends his days dreaming about reliving his glory days as president of the drama club and as the lead vocalist performing at nationals in his high school show choir. But the glitz of his storybook marriage to his high school sweetheart has definitely worn off over the years as she's only looking forward towards the future. But gosh dang it, he can't help but just look back. And that's exactly where he gets the idea. He's going to bring back the Glee Club and serve as its faculty sponsor (laughs) and director. Has anyone guessed what I'm doing? <laughs> this sucks. You're doing a, You're doing a glee. This. You're doing a glee. We're doing a glee. Meanwhile, oh, no. Meanwhile, Eric Cloudin is the stereotypical quiet loner kid who, by many, would be considered actually invisible. Anyone who does know him, though, would recognize him by his trademark chunky hoodie that he always wears with a hood that obscures part of his face. Now, for years, kids mocked him, but when it was clear this wasn't phasing him, they just transitioned to flat out ignoring him. This has never really bothered Eric, though, as all his creative energies and passions are devoted to one thing, theater tech. (laughs) (laughs) Eric lives and breathes set design and lighting and would spend every day in the back wings of an auditorium if he could. So one day, Mr. Carr holds open auditions for the brand new Glee Club, and the first two who show up are, unsurprisingly, the theater department's king and queen, Christine Daae and Raul de Chaney or Shiny or Sh- wait, let me say it again. Raul de Chaney, de Chaney. It's French. Oh, we're doing. You did like a whole. It's not just Duchesne. Anyway, you're doing like a Duchesne. whole cast of characters, huh? I'm doing he Phantom sure of the is. Opera meets Clayface from Batman <laughs> meets <Man>. Glee. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mentioned, so Christine and Raul, the former Mm -hmm. has been the lead in every school play since elementary school, and the latter is a rich French exchange student that decided to stay in the U.S. permanently after he and Christine started dating. 
So after auditions, Mr. Carr wanders the halls at night, racking his brain on how he can increase the ranks at Glee Club. When he hears the sounds of a teenage boy singing from deep within the recesses of the school auditorium, you know, nighttime sharpens. <laughs> He's doing the Phantom of the Opera song. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. He discovers the one behind the angelic baritone is none other than Eric and attempts to convince him to join the Glee Club. However, Eric refuses and Mr. Carr hatches a plot to get him to join. Little does Mr. Carr know that this act will set in motion the dominoes of disaster for him and the rest of his students. Coming soon to Max, Flea. God damn it. Flea. Don't anyone say anything. No, leave him. Colin, the silence stays. A James Gunn joint. I will joint. not cut the silence. Colin, a James Gunn joint. Andrew, I, I like that a lot. I. Did you want that title one more time? It's Flea, F-L-E-E. Oh, not flea like F L E A. Correct. Like, not like, like the, the not like the basis of red hot chili peppers. Correct. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Where does Clayface's Clayfaceness? I, I'm getting there. You're Give getting me there. another okay. prompt to get there. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I said he hatches a scheme. Okay. Fair enough. Todd, what do you got for us? Not that. You have to be <laughs> flea. Yeah. Sure. Good luck. Great. Okay, so to set the scene, where it came from, no one can be certain. But the fact remains that the creature known only as the Blob has terrorized too many towns. Thankfully, the people of Nowheresville, PA, because the first one was just in the middle of Pennsylvania somewhere (laughs) in an unnamed town, they know the playbook all too well. And the answer is one thing. They just need to freeze it. Just like they did in the Blob. A 1956 release and <laughs> the son of blob a 1982 release or 1972 release and the blob parentheses 1988 <laughs> the third iteration of that movie <laughs> the problem is every time this thing shows up they need more concentrated freezing ability to do it in that means only one person can be their hero we cut to because this is a cartoon animated thing we're doing. Yep. An ice blue phone rings on a frosty metal table. <laughs> a thick gloved hand picks it up and answers, Ah, uh, yes, of course it has returned. <laughs> and here you come to me in your time of need. I'll help you before. And the camera pans up and you see this man with like a goldfish kind of globe on his head. And he goes, I'll help you before all hail breaks loose okay enter very good. i like it victor freeze aka mr freeze he's the hero of this story and he's about to take the blob back to the ice age oh. in a movie titled the blob parentheses 2023 i was really hoping you were gonna say let's kick some ice in an arnold schwarzenegger voice oh that'd be good can i get a take of that real quick please I- I've got the hundred puns page open. It's there. <laughs> Why would I go so hard in, in the very first one? Well, I start. I started. I started hot. I know what you did. I started at the top. That you can't beat it. You started bangers only. So I you. Why wouldn't you want to pull out all the stops? Much like the spectacular <laughs> express, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're specifically getting away from the Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Um, in my in my quick five minute search over the 
origin of Victor Freeze. It did not give a country of origin. It just said Gotham. And I was like, nope, good enough. Yeah. He's he's just a guy from Gotham. Just some dude. Just his some name, dude. His last name is Freeze, spelled F-R-I-E-S. Yeah, he's a doctor. He, he yeah. holds a doctorate. And that's all I know. He's a, doc- a doctor in cold. Good. <laughs> no, no, you're you're mistaking him with the other DC villain, Captain Cold. He does not no. have a PhD, yeah. but he also does cold <laughs> things. <laughs> but, he, but he's <laughs> a marine <laughs> captain. <laughs> but he's a marine. Mr. Freeze's doctorate is in freeze. He can legally marry people. If you're on international if waters, you're in, yes. If you're on open <laughs> waters, yes. Good. Matt, what do you got for us? Yeah, Kyle, speaking of open waters, imagine if they were completely <laughs> overgrown and actually a swamp in Louisiana, because Nailed that it. is where we are going to start this movie. And look, I'm going to give you the title up front because this is a straight to DVD slash straight to streaming animated film. We're looking to get in, make this cheap and make this thing clickable. So, Kyle, let me pitch to you here today. Swamp Thing versus the Gill Man. Who's the Gill Man? You might <laughs> Jonathan ask. Jonathan Gillman. <laughs> Jonathan Gillman. Actually, it's um um Billy Gillman was the child country singer that you were looking for. But <laughs> yeah, that's it. The Gillman is the real name title of the creature of the Black Lagoon. Oh, of Universal Monster fame. Yeah. So we've got Swamp Thing versus the Creature of the Black Lagoon. Imagine this movie with me, Kyle. You have Swamp Thing chilling out in Louisiana in love with his human girlfriend because that's a canon thing. It sure is. Swamp Thing, a being made of a decaying skeleton and plants (laughs) that can also travel around the galaxy through plant life has a human wife. Yeah. And also at one point banged a planet. I learned a lot about Swamp Thing today. <laughs> what? Anyway. What was that second yeah, bit? Real quick. He be- actually, to be fair, and to put consent in the right parties, the planet banged Swamp Thing. I think that's less important. Is Swamp Thing an arch druid? Uh <laughs> it's not. Swamp not Thing. An arch- Can we come back Swamp to that? Thing is like Yeah. Yeah, Swamp Thing's more of a construct that would be like made by an archdruid <laughs> okay. in the world of DC where something called the Green is actually more of an archdruid. Not super important. Swamp Thing is a homunculus. Kind of. Yes. <laughs> yeah, kind but of more that. S- But sentient. Okay. Yeah. So we all know Swamp Thing because we probably watched Werewolf by Night and saw Man Thing, which is just Marvel's Swamp Thing. In DC, hmm. it's Pretty much the same, except DC's Swamp Thing has this like magical atonement to the plane of existence called the green that connects all plant life. And in more recent DC canon has become basically the avatar of plant grass natural energy in the DC universe. We all know this. These are things we know. All right, let's talk about the creature of the Black Lagoon. Established canon, yeah. Give us the Gilman lore, please. Yeah, the Gilman lore is pretty straightforward. He's got a couple of movies. The one everybody knows, of course, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I don't know that anybody's seen 1954? 
Is that when that movie came out? Yeah, I think 1954 is Creature of the Black Lagoon. We're like 0 for 3 on remembering what year these, <laughs> these characters. It's all. It's oh, all no, I just scrolled up. I was right. Yeah. It, it was 1954. 40s, 50s. Yeah. 1950x. 1954 is Creature of the Black Lagoon. Revenge of the Creature in 1955. And The Creature Walks Among Us in 1956. The whole idea of the Gill Man is pretty much the whole idea of King Kong. Monster fall in love with lady. Monster take lady. Everybody mad, get lady back. That's the whole <laughs> thing for three movies. The Gill Man is completely amphibious. He is a water being, thus the gills of the Gill Man. You do find out in the third movie that he's not had an incredibly complicated topic. Yeah, right, true. But he's like this water spirit, right? So imagine we are in Louisiana where Swamp Thing is native. The last place that we saw the Gill Man was living in the rivers of the wetlands of Florida, not far apart, separated merely by that pesky little Gulf of Mexico. Now imagine the Gill Man finds his way to the Louisiana swamps, he falls in love with Abby Arcane. Who's Abby Arcane, you might ask? That's the human chick banging the plant man. Oh no, <laughs> Gilman's fallen in love with Abby Arcane. He takes her back to his water layer, and now Swamp Thing has to do a saving and go save Abby Arcane, his human girlfriend. Swamp Thing versus the Gilman. Done. Nice. Yeah. Straightforward. Honestly, if you strip out the background lore, which we will do, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. It also, stripping out the lore kind of just feels like Aquaman again. It isn't not Aquaman again. Yeah. But, but that was, Aquaman was like Aquaman versus other Aquaman. This That's is fair. Like Aquaman versus Plant Man. Yeah. Aquaman versus Plant Man. Now there's... <laughs> No, there's a fish. What is that? Who is that for? What is anything? David Zaslav writes down real quick. <laughs> yeah, just real quick. <laughs> Great, guys. These are these are all really good uh, straight to streaming animated movie ideas. David Zaslav is is hooked. He likes all these ideas. However, he can't just green light ideas. He needs at least a plot, something to hang on, hang his head onto. And what would really sell it, guys, is if you could give him some ideas for. A stunt cast. Let me explain stunt casting in these DC animated movies. As some of you have mentioned already, Matt, these movies don't have the highest budget, but to help get eyes, to help get clicks, to help get views, they do occasionally cast some actors who people at home, people who don't scroll IMDb with every piece of media they watch, actually do recognize. I'm talking about things like Neil Patrick Harris playing Nightwing in Under the Red Hood. Jensen Eccles has been in a handful of these DC movies as different members of the Justice League. You get Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in the occasional Batman film. Things like that. So we're looking for a name that wasn't the star of their widely watched show, but was a fan favorite, and people know the name. So, uh, Andrew... Take us away. Tell us about the plot of Flea and some of your stunt casting. 
Sure thing, Kyle. So Basil Carlo, a.k.a. Kellyface, a.k.a. Mr. Carr, is going to be our stunt cast, and that's going to be played by everyone's favorite supporting actor in the original Glee. You guys remember him. You know the name. It's Cord Overstreet. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. One. Give now, me a minute. Yeah, we're we're now all as, Googling it. As, as everybody Googles that, who the fuck is Court Overstreet? You may remember him as the kid who was brought in that was supposed to be Glee's, like, Tommy the White Ranger. Yeah. In that oh, he was, yeah. like, the new leading guy. But they couldn't really figure out what to do with him. So that they eventually dovetailed in this weird plot line where he was, like, homeless for a bit and was a male prostitute on the side or something. Yep. I do remember that. Yep. 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 This is the most forgettable man. Yeah, sure. Trouty Mouth is, it was his... Uh, Trouty Lips, yeah. Trouty Lips was his nickname or, yeah. in the show, yeah. So uh, Hey, can I can I make a joke real quick? Yeah, please. Cord Over Street is the climax of Back to the Future 2. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Or, sorry, no, it's Back to the Future, the future 1. 1. The yeah, future yeah, that took a second. That took yeah, a Back second. to the Future yeah. 1. No, yeah. it's, it's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I approved. <laughs> you also may remember that Cord Overstreet starred as Rocky in Fox's live Rocky Horror, Rocky Horror movie musical. A movie musical I'm sure everybody watched. Anyway, Mr. Carr's plan for convincing Eric to join Glee Club is to use his shape-shifting powers. Yes, that's because Mr. Carr's clay face and in reality... <laughs> Just a horrible clay golem with the power to mimic any physical form. He is that in this show, but he's just a man. Much like he's in the, the Harley Quinn show, he just <laughs> exists in life as a man, as a clay golem who can shapeshift. Okay, back to the story. So Mr. Carr is going to use his shapeshifting powers to assume Eric's form and mime singing while Eric does it from behind a curtain. This way, Eric doesn't have to face his crippling social anxiety and his fear of being on stage. Pretty solid so far, I'd say. <laughs> that seems like a lot of extra steps. <laughs> well, so is Glee, Kyle. <laughs> Fair enough. As the Glee Club starts to vibe together, Eric eventually becomes comfortable with actually being with the group, you know, behind closed doors in rehearsal in the band room or in the choir room. And the rest of the group become aware of this deal with Mr. Carr. And as he begins to mesh with the rest of the group, Eric immediately falls hard for Christine who is constantly very visibly on again, off again with Raul, right? They're king and queen of the theater club. They're very extra. And as their relationship is, they are very much into the drama of having a rocky relationship, right? Uh, now, as Christine and Eric spend more time together, Christine begins to realize that, yeah, maybe relationships aren't supposed to be this explosive. And maybe you can just enjoy each other's company and not be all showy. So the two, of course, share some will-they-won't-they they moments that conveniently get interrupted by Raul invited Christine to get on his boat. You know, that kind of shit. Rich boy shit. Right? <laughs> in the ensuing weeks, strange occurrences keep happening in the auditorium. Set pieces falling, lights are flickering on and off, you know, that kind of thing. Things really come to a head, though, when a whole set of lights topples over and nearly lands on Raul, like, a foot away from him. He's like, what the fuck, dude? And immediately blames Eric, but Christine and the rest of the group reassure him, like, no, 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 this was a freak accident. This is not Eric's fault. He tried to stop it. Meanwhile, the cartoonishly villainous coach of the high school's award-winning <laughs> cheerleading squad, Bruce Wayne, because he's just... Bruce Wayne's just Sue Sylvester in this. Yeah. 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 We get it. Bruce Wayne sits back and asks why the school's extracurricular budget is no longer going exclusively to him and his cheerleading squad. Bruce finds that a very small portion of what would have been his budget has been reallocated to this ragtag group of singing misfits. And he immediately sets his sights on taking down Mr. Carr's whole operation. Bruce finds out about Mr. Carr's shape-shifting gambit with Eric after allying himself with Raul. 
and the two devise a plan to publicly shame both Mr. Carr and Eric live at regionals. <laughs> right before regionals, Bruce and Raul secretly drug Mr. Carr's tea, making him sick, which leads him to assume that he's contracted COVID-19. Since he's got COVID... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Carr, son of a bitch. Is it is it that time that we can make COVID jokes? Great. Now, since he's got COVID, Mr. Carr tells Eric that, "Hey, I can't assume your likeness, and you're gonna have to go on stage and do the show yourself, right, Eric? The show must go on." However, Eric was tailing Raoul this whole time and knows about the drugging, and he then devises his own plan to reveal Raul's infidelity when Raul plans on proposing to Christine after his big solo of Born in the USA at regionals. <laughs> so that's the setup. This well, is so exhausting. Is Glee. Yep. Well, so is Glee. It's yeah, no, true, it is. True to the source material. <laughs> I listened to the whole thing and I just kept getting <laughs> snapped you. back to Glee. <laughs> and I'd hear, whenever you'd like change a beat, I'd hear the <laughs> when they'd make like their little like mouth <laughs> noises to change the yep. scene. And much like Glee, you will never be able to hear Journey again in You'll the same way. You'll never be able to hear Journey the same way again. No, it's the it's the Roland episode where they're all in wheelchairs. That's oh, fuck me. yeah, that one that one really yeah. did did a thing to society. Anyway, that's that's it. Or when Mr. Shu uh, sings um, Poison. What's the fucking the th- thong song? Oh, the thong, yeah, the thong song. Yeah. That was song. that was. I feel like Glee jumping the shark. You know what? This is for the post show. That was like the first four episodes. <laughs> that that I, yeah, that's what I said. That, sh- that shark was still a baby. Um. Anyway, uh, what's going to happen at regionals? Find out at prompt three. <laughs> God. Very good, Andrew. Thank you. Um, Andrew has put more thought into his treatment today than thought has ever been paid to a DC mashup animated. Movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Thank correct. You. Game recognized it's a, game. It's a strong, a strong lead from Andrew. Uh, Todd, what do you got? Yeah, so this is this is the classic versus movie where Nowheresville, PA, is reaching out to Gotham City, wherever, whatever state Gotham City is in New York. I don't know. It's anyway. like Springfield in The Simpsons. It's purposefully undefined. Well, no, Nowheresville is just down the road from Gotham City coincidentally and so this whole movie is that is the concept of they they go to their last resort and that's that's victor freeze and so he brings all his freezing arsenal technology and he just can't quite get the blob like like a silence of the lambs type type situation (laughs) are they are they coming to him in in prison i'm trying to help you out here todd (laughs) no 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 i i know what you're doing i just i have am i ruining it for you mr freeze hasn't 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 eaten anyone he just like no it's it's not it's a commando situation they're bringing him for one last ride one one last ride he's on the farm yeah yeah. it feels more commando very snowy farm Mm -hmm. commando meets blacklist is kind of where i'm where i'm getting at i think like okay they have to go to the man they don't want to go to so mr freeze isn't in prison for his various cold related crimes at this no 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 Okay. No, much like most of the villains in Batman, they're somehow just always not in prison. So that's where <laughs> we're at here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Kyle, the Cold War was a long time ago. Stop. Nice. No. <laughs> Stop that. Yeah. I'm that is Todd. definitely. But no, no, no. Hold on, though. But like the Cold War is definitely a failed like straight to VHS Batman the animated series 100%. featurette. A thousand that's definitely. Percent. It was definitely on the whiteboard in like the mm-hmm. DC writers room at yeah. some point. And like, someone uh, like circled a million times. Crossed yeah. it out. Like yeah, you know. and it and it's a team up with the Penguin and Mr. Freeze and yep. probably not Captain Cold because you can't have Captain Cold and Mr. Freeze in the same shot because they're just like, hey, wait a minute. 
these two nerds have the same ability. Anyway, um, I want to segue to the to the second half of this question. So, so anyway, um, so you asked about you asked about stunt casting. So, uh, since this is an animated movie, we're gonna do that weird animation that is somewhere between like what Star Wars Clone Wars and like the Bad Batch does, and then somewhere between that and the Final Fantasy Advent Children animation. So it's like animated somewhat lifelike and so we're going to stay true to form and try and do uh, a casting that would look like mr freeze and so we need like a strong leading man with some name recognition looks great bald we're going to go with mark strong now you may not be well aware of who mark strong is immediately you would know him from his roles in the kingsman you would not want to know him for his roles in any of the shazam movies (laughs) of which he is oh yeah (laughs) that guy Uh, was he also sinestro or is that someone else he might have been uh i don't know if he played sinestro i can't remember who did play sinestro if he if he did he didn't good great we're looking it up he was he was sinestro in 2011 so so here here's what we're doing this is he's getting the chris evans treatment of we're gonna give you a, a good role in this this franchise now so comedic stoic delivers a good deadpan pun solid since I said we're doing this like enhanced animation kind of uh, set up to this, we are going to do some mocap for the blob movement. So Andy Circus will be mocap <laughs> as the blob. That's a good sure. call. That's a good casting. We think that's important. Will he be doing all of the the noises the blob makes as well? He will not be because what I failed to tell you is we got three stunt casts. We got oh, okay. <laughs> Mark Strong, Andy Circus, and all the blob noises and voiceovers in perpetuity throughout the inevitable series of this will be done by Nicole Byers, who I only know from Netflix's <laughs> baking show Nailed It. That's good. That's really funny. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so that is what we're that is what we're coming with. The the box art on the straight to DVD release will sell itself based on those three names alone. All right. Excellent. Matt. Thanks for transitioning to the next person. Appreciate that. Yeah, Kyle, too easy. Look, this is at its core, your classic love triangle movie. It's not really like a requited love. I mean, one of them is a monster. One of them is a woman. And then one of them is a different monster. That's not the kind of monster that woman likes to hook up with. So it's a little convoluted, but... I think it's important to note that we are going to take inspiration from existing DC comic canon to tie up this story of how the Swamp Thing defeats the Gill Man. See, after the only DC reference point we've ever needed, the Blackest Night (laughs) storyline, Swamp Thing had to, like, peace out and do some stuff because he was infested by a Black Lantern. I don't know. I didn't read that part. And right before he left, he made out with his human girlfriend. And apparently a like paparazzi caught a picture of that. And then she went to Gotham City. And then Gotham City put her on trial and tried to extradite her from Gotham City for crimes against nature. The Louisiana police charged his girlfriend, Abby Arcane, who we talked about earlier, with obscenity and crimes against nature for making out with the plant man. Okay. 
Where where are they extraditing her to? Is she it's like an old timey law? Is she not an American citizen? Can you kick people out of states? Like you can't take a cow on the highway. You can't make out with plants. Like it's that kind of thing. I am quite literally reading this from the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> it became Gotham's job to hold her trial and extradite her. That is a quote from dc.fandom.com slash wiki slash Swamp Thing. And it references Swamp Thing volume two, number 51. So apparently. What's this character's name, Matt? That gets extradited? Yeah. The woman who committed crimes against nature. Abby Arcane. That kind of suggests that Gotham is a sovereign nation, one. And two, that ties up the plot hole of Batman doing a war crime in uh, The Dark Knight. Because like, if Gotham is a sovereign nation and not part of the United States, he wasn't actually doing a war crime and basically like yeah. declaring war on Japan by, by kidnapping <laughs> that businessman. So that retcons that. We know, if nothing else, Gotham is a coastal city. Because he (laughs) flies a bomb over the water. Right. That's true. That's true. Could be an island. A coastal city that has been filmed in Pittsburgh almost exclusively. (laughs) So anyway. Just down the road from Nowheresville, PA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, to get back to the plot here, we're pulling from this Gotham City storyline. I bring up all this ridiculous backstory because the big conclusion to the Gotham City storyline is that Swamp Thing shows up bursts into court and is like let my girlfriend go and (laughs) the court is like no and so he uses his plant powers to turn gotham city into an overgrown forest like just an impenetrable green wall poison ivy was like yeah (laughs) and batman comes out to fight swamp thing and swamp thing like beats the shit out of batman and says go tell the courts to free my wife and batman does it and that's the end of the story. So Sounds like a John Mulaney quote. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to clear this up, Abigail Arcane belongs to the aristocratic Arcane family of the fictional country Blestemot in Eastern Europe. So that's where she would be extradited to, apparently. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Kyle. Anyway... Gilman takes girl, Swamp Thing goes and fights Gilman, Swamp Thing grows the Florida Everglades into a giant forest, and the Gilman runs out of water to breathe because he needs that, and Swamp Thing gets the girl back. Also, it probably like solves global warming or whatever, because that feels like a nice ending to a kid's movie. Now, <laughs> let's talk about stunt castings. Everybody's curious to see who the voice of the Gill Man will be. And it is really important to us that we tie the Gill Man to the water. We really need someone who is connected to water in an animated way and will connect audiences from Creature of the Black Lagoon to Mystical water spirit. So we're picking everybody's favorite actor, Sam Worthington. Who is Sam Worthington, you might ask? That's the guy from Avatar. Avatar guy. Avatar the way of water. Mm -hmm. Now, who's going to voice Swamp Thing? Who's going to be? I was worried about where that long walk was headed to. So living beige paint Sam Worthington was a good good (laughs) safe choice. Matt, you've seen Way of Water, right? 
No. Oh, because like he's famously not good in the water. Like the whole thing is like he has to <laughs> no. learn to be better in the, in the water. He has to learn the way of water. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, Todd. <laughs> Only 25% of this call has seen that movie. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> it was free to watch on Max. Yeah, so is The Flash, but. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar's Disney. It was free to watch on Disney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have the voice of the know. Gill Man. Now we need the voice of Swamp Thing. And that's right, Kyle. We got him. James Gunn, Peter Safran, they went back and were like, who can we pull to connect old DC to new DC? And they got Andy Bean. Andy Bean, the voice of Swamp Thing in the 2019 show that happened? Oh. If what? you're all making the faces I made no, wait. Not two hours ago. Wait, if you go and look at just just image search Andy Bean, none of these pictures are of the same man. This is not the same man ever. Oh, you guys got a different search result when you searched Andy Bean. You gotta when it autofills, you gotta click the Andy Bean that says American actor. <laughs> oh. I just there's no way this is the same man in these photos. Okay, so we've got Sam Worthington as the water guy. We've got Andy Bean as the grass guy. We need a stunt casting. Kyle, we need somebody who's going to put butts in seats. And James Gunn and Peter Safran were like, look, we have another DC actress who we're not really going to touch the movie she was in ever again, but we did like working with her, and it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who will do the voice of Abby Arcane, who will probably have 10 lines in this whole movie because we've got to <laughs> keep it cheap. But that's the cast. Sam Worthington, Andy B., yeah. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's good. Uh, most recently in the DC Universe, Huntress in Birds oh. of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley. Okay. She's, uh, she's also Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim yeah, and will nice. be reprising that in the Netflix uh, anime. These are not the same man. I want to make that clear. These photos they're definitely are, all the I same. Mean, dude. They're absolutely they, the same man. Yeah, with he just has amounts of facial hair and yeah, like he just has different resolution. Beard. Yeah. Um, well, while while Todd deals with that potential existential crisis, let's wrap this up, shall we? David Zaslav is is hooked on the edge of his seat. Even he's geeking here at all of these ideas. He loves them. Not only do they use lesser known DC properties that could potentially become cult hits and spawn new live action content for him to ruin. Uh, but they all sound pretty cheap and easy to make and could put these universal classic monsters into the limelight again. He's seeing the dollar signs. So bring it home, seal the deal, tell us how it wraps up, because he's not going to wait for these to, to be animated and come out, because that takes forever. He wants to know how these end now. And on top of that, Tell them how you're going to set either set this up for a sequel, give us a surprise twist, give us a good resolution and a hook to either keep people coming back for a sequel or to spread by word of mouth because of how good the twist is. Andrew. All right, Kyle and Zazzy, here we go. It's the night of regionals. God. All the pieces are in place. Raul and Bruce plan on cutting the audio backing so that Eric freaks out during his duet with Christine of Go Your Own Way. <laughs> while Eric fashions a screen to come down, revealing Raul hooking up with the head cheerleader. Mr. Carr, meanwhile, is watching at home, but then he runs out of the house, revealing a negative COVID test. So at regionals, while the feed cuts during Go Your Own Way, 
Eric does initially freak out, but then Christine is there encouraging him the whole way, and the two share a very intimate moment on stage, only to be interrupted by Raul, who rushes in to stop the whole production and reveals to the crowd that Eric hasn't even been a part of Glee Club, to Mr. Bruce Wayne's chagrin. Just then, Mr. Carr appears as Eric <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, and explains that he has, in fact, been masquerading as Eric the whole time, but the real Glee Club has been inside Eric all along. <laughs> Everyone cheers as Eric finishes his awesome solo, and they lead into Born in the USA. And that's when Eric realizes, fuck, he forgot to cancel that video feed. So as the song winds on, Raul does his best Springsteen and ends on one knee to propose to Christine, who looks conflicted. Eric resolves that he must not let this video play and climbs the catwalks of the auditorium and slashes the screen with a pocket knife and slides down like a like a pirate like in a an pirate action on movie. on a sail, yeah. Um, which obscures the feet enough to protect Christine's pride. As Christine is agreeing to the proposal, Eric leaves the auditorium and the glee club behind him. Fast forward two years. It's the day of Christine and Raoul's wedding. Eric hasn't seen either of them since regionals, but for whatever reason, he received an invitation just for one. Eric shows up alone, and as usual, no one really acknowledges him. He learns through eavesdropping that the marriage is kind of a sham, as neither Christine nor Raul have seemed really happy or invested at all in this relationship since that faithful night at regionals. According to her friends, Christine has been emotionally distant, and Raul's been up to his usual philandering. Eric is standing by the champagne pyramid while he spots one of Christine's bridesmaids who's talking to one of the event staff. Both of them comment on, you know, how beautiful the wedding is, but then she says, but what a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore. Cue rock music. <laughs> Eric sings, I chime in with the heaven you people never heard of. Closing the goddamn door as Ryan says on tragedies. And then Eric throws on his iconic hoodie and whips out a remote control that changes all the venue lights to be focused on him. Key change. The Phantom of the Opera <laughs> is here because we're doing a mashup because it's a mashup between I Write Sins and Not Tragedies and the Phantom of the Opera. Ladies and gentlemen, the prestige. <laughs> I hate it so much. I feel like... Uh-huh. I feel like you started writing something yep. and got a little too lost in the weeds. I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are all facts. And then and I landed in and the then 10 he, out of 10 and then landing. He land, then he stuck the landing and landed that plane. And nailed it. Yep. All right. Yep. Did you guys hear I said a mashup? You know how they took two yeah. songs yeah. and like sang them together? Like, yeah, and they did in yeah. uh -huh. when you Well, nobody had ever done that before. No one no, had ever done that before. Yeah. That's iconic for, for yeah. doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Todd, I don't, I don't see the point. After Andrew's excellent <laughs> right, answer, yeah. but but go ahead, <laughs> tell us how this wraps up. <laughs> what if I tell you that there are there are some puns coming? Is that anything? That's something. Okay, so Victor pulls out all the stops and and just uses you know top tier freeze technology, the good shit. Um, and also every time there's like this this cut of way of like freeze technology being used and failing, there's always puns attached to it. You know, like ice to know you and. Give them the cold shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we don't need to go through them. You know them. No, we got it. So he finally has the blob cornered at a military base, as one is wont to do. It is in that moment that he discovers that not only is the blob a sentient being, but, and say it with me now, it was created with weird military science and the is power in constant of friendship. pain. Yeah. 
So Victor has a whole like change of heart. And he says, from here on out, I'm calling them like I see them. Because mm. he says I see. Like like the drink. Like the drink. Yeah. Yeah. It is then that Victor finds a way to communicate with the blob, infuses it with antifreeze technology, and then turns his and its ire back on the real villains of the story, of course, Gotham City. Mm. He cocks his ice gun, <laughs> looks at the Gotham skyline, and says, it's an ice day for a white wedding. Okay, here's my problem. Okay. <laughs> here's yeah. my problem. No, it's here, an ice it's, day no. to here's, start again. Here's my problem. Joel Schumacher mm-hmm. created... Uh, one and a half hours of just ice puns. You had a yeah, treasure trove I'm to aware. pull from. Yeah, it's true. And we got ice wedding. <laughs> Did you just want that movie again? Which actually, now that I say that question yes. out loud, I do want that movie again. <laughs> one thousand percent. We're doing yes. a different thing today. I gave you Glee, which is bad. <laughs> I would have rather had Batman and Robin. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Todd, important question. Yeah. Did you get Billy Idol? Is Billy Idol in this movie? We did. We did. Um, okay. In case you didn't realize, budget's pretty low. Yeah. A um, lot, of, lot of room left for good IP as far as the song usage goes. Okay. Awesome. Um, we'll talk after we may have... We may have to stretch the license for White Wedding a few times throughout the movie so on 100 <laughs> yeah i feel like i feel like it the intro cutscene of him gearing up is probably that mm, okay okay matt you got a low bar to clear here hey Will you do it <laughs> thank you i appreciate that a swamp level bar i think i might just climb over it see i talked about the uh the climactic fight in the last prompt swamp thing grows a bunch of plants takes over florida turns Florida into the largest natural sanctuary that saves the planet or something. Anyway, all things are coming up Swamp Thing, and that's great. Not only does Swamp Thing defeat the Gill Man, he also follows in the path of the third Gill Man movie, The Creature Walks Among Us, in which the Gill Man is injured so badly his scales and gills fall off, and so they have to do surgery. It's just on a man. Him. <laughs> it's just and when a they man. find out they do, well, that's the thing, just right? They do the surgery, and they find out he actually has lungs in there. So they open up a passage to his lungs, and he's able to breathe air. Whoa! They really lost track of the third. So one. wait, the, the gills were just a bunch of like tumors. <laughs> I'm confused because a gill is like an opening uh-huh how does that how's that fall off well they they put a new mask on the actor kyle well i got i get <laughs> i get how special effects work matt i'm talking how that'd be like your mouth like if i said my mouth fell off you'd be equally confused look i don't have a good answer to that question all i know is that at the end of my movie swamp thing is going to go a similar path reopening the air passage to the gill man's lungs, turning him into a near human animal into into man, into, into man. The, the yeah. Man. What is gill man? No gill, but man. So end of movie. It's all great. And the swamp thing and Abby Arcane 
decide they're going to take a much needed honeymoon after all of these hijinks and they're going to go back to Abby's home country, which I found out after the last question is actually Transylvania. So they're going to go on a fun journey to Transylvania and they're going to use the special transportation plant powers of Swamp Thing that he has. And he's going to transport them to Transylvania. And there's going to be this nice scene where it all ends. And at the very end of the movie, this big scaly claw is going to come up and grab like, I don't know, a gold ring or something off of Abby's dress and pull it down into a cave. And it's going to set up for our sequel where you guessed it. Swamp Thing is going to fight a dragon, a fire spirit, (laughs) Kyle. We did plant versus water. Now we're doing plant versus fire. Sure. That's the next Swamp Thing movie. Sure. Okay. (laughs) I love this image that you've shared. I don't know which one of you shared it. I pulled it up. It looks like it's it's Gilman carrying a woman, but maybe also on a phone. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's talking to his producer. Um, he also looks like one of the Putty Patrol from Power Rangers, yeah, which I really yeah. enjoy. <laughs> he does look like a Putty Patrol guy. All right, guys. So Zazzy's hooked. He loves all these ideas. Yeah, we gave him the old razzle zazzle. Give him the old razzle zazzle. <laughs> we call him we call him Zaddy around here. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> While you were pitching these ideas to him, leaked footage of him whipping batteries at the striking actors sure. was released. Yeah, so classic move. Warner Brothers Discovery has to really up the ante on these new movies. And Zazzy figured the best way to do that is to ram jam a third property into this movie. So when we come back from the break, tell us the third Warner Brothers IP you are going to include in this movie, how you will do so, and how it changes the plot of the movie. When we come back. Welcome to Composers in a Jukebox, a podcast that brings together a special breed of musicians in a conversation about their craft. Today we're taking a deep we're here today with We are immensely excited to be chatting with Tinkin. Today So put your headphones on, relax, and enjoy being in the company of composers in a jukebox. Okay, we're back. As we told you before the break, new footage of David Zaslov came out of him not only whipping batteries at the striking actors and writers, he also was pouring old fish heads on them out of buckets off a balcony. It's it's a bad look. So he has tasked you with saving Warner Brothers Discovery's image a little bit more by including a third Warner Brothers Discovery property in your animated DC movie. Andrew. Tell us how you're going to do that. Sure. So you may remember I gave you a two-year time skip. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to do an intercool uh, about the Glee Club's adventures in Nationals. Basically, the show is going to introduce in the teaser, introduce the the big bad act of Nationals, which is kind of like uh, 
this this power punk duo. Um, it's going to be Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and whoever is playing, <laughs> I think, Harley Quinn in this stupid Joker 2 because apparently that's also a musical. It's Lady, it's Gaga. Lady, Gaga. Lady Gaga. Oh, that's right. That's that's a movie that's it coming out. It also sucks. That yeah. also sucks. So I bequeath you more things that suck. There you go. Are they going to sing Shallow but Joker-fied? Probably. Ugh. I can't even like I can't even make I can't even sum up the energy to make a like a jukebox musical Joker joke because I know they're gonna do it and I don't yeah. I don't want that blood on my hands. Yeah. No joke we could ever make will top whatever real shit they're gonna put in Joker to. Yeah. Do they do they play the Joker in that movie? <laughs> by the Steve yeah. Miller band? Yeah, Steve Miller oh, band the yeah absolutely it's, they do. It's not a it's not a like a impossible like a like an emo like minor key version yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, help yeah. us help us not think about this. Yeah, no, this is pretty easy. Um they're probably just going to mash in the Flash TV show to this and here's why. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to the Flash TV show, they've already shown that they'll just commit an asinine amount of money to specifically animating cameo villains. Looking at you, Gorilla Grodd, who goes back in time to kill a college-age Barack Obama as a real plot device in that show. What? It's yeah, real. Thing. Another yeah. season, they blew almost their whole special effects budget on like 10 seconds of King Shark on yep. screen as well. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's got big uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider turning into the Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, it right. only happens like once or two on screen, and then it's We can show screen. this in the season opener and closer, and every yep. other time it happens off screen. Yep. <laughs> this is the episode that airs after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's the first point to, to why this would happen. Point two, the Flash has a ton of okay-ish DC villains all show up um, and cameos in general. All of the Legends of Tomorrow uh, started out just showing up on The Flash at some point. And then the third point here, you may be asking, didn't that series end already? And the answer is yes. But the WBDC brothers, they're going to be pretty <laughs> hungry to erase all traces of one Ezra Miller from the Internet's <laughs> collective memory as Flash. So here we are. This is... Just how we do it to, to cleanse the palate. All right. Awesome. Great. I love TV Flash. Uh, get, give me more Grant Gustin almost all the time. I unironically do love TV Flash. Like it's yeah. Aside from the fact that all of like a third or probably half of Flash's villains are just Flash but bad. Once you get past that, like show's good. Shows It's a fun show. Matt. Yeah, Kyle. So I sort of tease this a little bit. In my answer to question number three, I'm sure you're thinking to yourself, man, quite the big swing for Swamp Thing to suddenly be fighting a giant fantasy creature like a dragon in a weird mountain that he's never been in before. See, the thing (laughs) is, Kyle, Ah. Swamp Thing is actually able to travel different universes and planets through his plant teleportation. That's a real DC thing. Sure. And I think that Zaddy Daddy would (laughs) love it if we put some more fuel in the fire of 
the Hobbit series. So that <sighs> hand is going to belong to none other than Smaug. <laughs> Can I get a clean cut on that one? The, the, Smaug. <laughs> his official Christian name. Thank you. Yeah. And we will see Swamp Thing accidentally transport himself and Abby Arcane to whoever smaug is erebor that's a guess i don't actually that's a know. good guess i have no idea but that sounds like a lord of the rings place it's one of the highlighted words on the wikipedia page mm, so okay. wherever smaug is that's where they go and smaug is the the fire spirit for the second movie benedict cumberbatch will probably do the voice again 10 lines. Okay. At most. Is he going to mocap it again too? He is going to mocap it again. That's a whole thing. <laughs> no, we're doing. no, this is, this is much easier animation. We're not uh, doing okay. that. No, we he wants to, they didn't, they didn't make him do it. He asked to do it. He has his own mocap suit. He said, said if you <laughs> use wore it, it on the set one day, <laughs> if you, send your people to my home. <laughs> he said, if you wear it more than four times, it's, it's better than renting. So uh, pays for itself. <laughs> pays for itself. <laughs> okay, great. So, David Zaslav loves this. He loves these these ideas. He loves these mashups. His phone is blowing up as his lawyers are trying to get in touch with him. So really quick, before he has to go field some calls from his lawyers, he needs to hear your closing statements. So Andrew, kick us off. Sure. Now, as old Zazafraz would tell you, a, <laughs> an easy way to get a song out of your head is to listen to it, right? So... By that same extension, if we all want to clear the collective conscious and memory of glee from our minds, why not reboot it with something that is pretty much the same thing, but doesn't But has have, Batman in it. <laughs> but has Batman and no Proud Mary wheelchairs. All right. <laughs> Great. But how will they keep on rolling, Andrew? Todd, well, Todd, you'll just have to tune don't in and find out. let this conversation happen. Right. Well, what I would tell the Zasmanian devil is that if you want, <laughs> listen, you want this movie and you want this movie for no other reason than the behind the scenes featurette where they show Andy Serkis for two minutes in what is a supercut <laughs> of four hours of him just taking guidance where he's just being told to, quote, be more syrup like. <laughs> that's what they're telling him as he crawls around. And I think that's that's pretty great. That behind the scenes, that's going to sell. All right. Matt. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic, let me break it down for you. <laughs> this movie is three important things. It is cheap, it is optimized, and it is relevant to today. The actors we've casted, except Mary Elizabeth Winstead, probably not going to cost us very much. You got Swamp Thing fighting a monster in a swamp. Kids love that shit. And we're going to talk about climate change or probably <laughs> not because this is a Warner Brothers thing. I don't think they believe in that over there, but, you know, we'll do our best. OK, good. Uh, the Zazboni has to take this call, <laughs> but he he assures all of us that when he gets off of it, he will. Pick one of your ideas to green light. So while he's on that call, give us some good vibes. Todd, holy shit, Andy Circus is the blob. <laughs> just squirming around. Just, just squirming around playing a game of night crawlers under the sheets. That's exactly what I was thinking. Holy shit, that's really funny, dude. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I know I made the joke about the Mr. Freeze puns, but like 
Man, the Blob is like one of these one of the few monster movies that I've actually seen, right? And I I love it so much, and I love that the and it literally is the answer is we must freeze it. So like, what a perfect way to stay in the lore and in, and involve everyone's favorite freeze second favorite freeze them up DC villain, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Same thing. Fucking shit, dude. The Swamp Thing versus Gilman is great. The way that you tied it back to uh, grass versus water type is also very good. I did not know about the creature from the Black Lagoon deep lore, or rather the Swamp Thing deep lore, both deep lore, but specifically Swamp deep lore. And I didn't know that uh, basically DC created their own version of the Feywild. And that to me is really fun. So thank you both for bringing this to today to this thing. Andrew, I think I hate Glee. I think I hate it. <laughs> um, Here's the thing, Todd. Everybody does. Right, Everybody right, watched it and regrets watching it. Fans of the show hate Glee. Right. Yeah. You'll have that conversation with yourself at least mm-hmm. four times a season while you watch it. Right. It's this kind of thing, much like Seventh Heaven. It's this kind of like insane thing that happened that we all watched like a car mm-hmm. wreck. But 10 years after, like how 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 was this right yeah it is the perfect tv example of you either die a hero or live long enough (laughs) to see yourself become the yeah 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 and and i was gonna say a lot of the same things we just said i feel like the traumatic experience we all shared collectively was watching glee at some point in time Mm -hmm. never i don't think any of us four ever watched it together but we all did watch it yeah and um you you really did it. You did it. <laughs> yeah. You described things that could almost, I mean, aside from like a shape-shifting mud man, um, <laughs> you did describe things that would happen in Glee. And it, it just kept like punching me in the face of like, yeah. oh, that's right. They would have done that. Oh, they would have mashed up those songs. Every, it's like, it was like Netflix in 2012. Like they greenlit everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where like, a fun but terrible thought exercise would be thinking about all the world events that happened since Glee ended and how they would and how him. Glee would have tackled him. And like, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know why it's stuck in my head. But like, I just remember Lenny Kravitz flooded his New York apartment at one point. And in my mind, there would be like a flyaway American woman <laughs> mashup that at some point would have toilets like sprouting confetti, like blue confetti in the background. And they'd be like, Glee, we did it. Ba da ba. So anyway. We, um, we tackled these tough issues. Ba ba ba. Yeah. So I hate that. Got big uh got big uh ballad of Georgie uh energy there just lying dormant with Glee. Matt, I love Swamp Thing. And I love any opportunity that someone talks about Swamp Thing because you have Swamp Thing and then you have like Man Thing and like Swamp Thing is probably like the better executed version of that. And it's one of those few times that I think DC got a genuine like leg up. And I'm presuming that Swamp Thing came before Man Thing. Who's to say? Man Thing came first. Really? Weirdly enough. Mm. Yeah. By just a year. Alan Moore got to rewrite Swamp Thing though. So he made it good. That's the that, that's okay. The that would explain that. Yeah. Then you said a lot of things that I still have questions about, like people people making it with the Earth. Um, but I'd rather not unpack that here. Maybe that's a post show thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe we never reference it again. I think Swamp Thing isn't an Earth steward. Swamp Thing's just a dryad, and that mm. I think that that circles the square. Yeah, that yeah, answers that a lot of right. questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I 
I will forever keep this image of Gilman on the phone carrying a woman uh, <laughs> in my heart with me forever like a locket. It's got big wife-carrying energy. Yeah. Andrew, dude, Glee, man. What a train wreck Glee was yep. that I watched religiously weekly for many a year. I really liked what you did. I also Googled it and made sure that Glee did, in fact, do Phantom of the Opera, which I think makes your answer better (laughs) because there's precedent for that. So I like that a lot. Todd, I really loved your freeze puns. I'll say it out loud. They were really good. You, You had some good freeze puns today. Also, I really like Mr. Freeze when I was really like a young, young kid. I was obsessed with Batman and Robin um, because I was like four. You were the really good movie for that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was the best Batman age. Yeah, I was the perfect age for Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So I liked that a lot. I also like the blob. What a good pull. I also would say, Andrew, way to like think outside the box and not just do like Frankenstein or Dracula Mm -hmm. and, and go with the Phantom. That's pretty cool as well. Okay. good. Your good vibes wrapped up just as David Zaslov's call did, and he is ready to make his decision. First off, Andrew, he's not greenlighting Flea for this project. Thank God. However, <laughs> he is going to put you in touch with his good, good buddy, Andy Lloyd Webber, who is just itching to write a new terrible musical. The Phantom the Lo- of the Opera the 2. The Phantom of the Opera 2. It would be the Phantom of the Opera 3, Todd, because they already did Phantom oh, of the no, Opera 2. Oh, worse. So, yeah, look out for Andrew Lloyd Webber's call. He's going to reach out to you. He's got a million bad ideas, and you can't say no to any of them. So, Phantom of the Silent Disco. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, who do I want to win here? Um... <laughs> <laughs> throw the sausage gets made folks <laughs> who did we do what did we do here um <laughs> just a man in his 30s trying his just, best i'm just trying my best guys yeah todd you're you're next on the chopping block um, <laughs> <laughs> can you please list off your your well thought out reasons as my well thought out today? reasons yeah, yeah um, you picked tails and cow flip tents the wrong ice puns zaddy did not like Batman Forever, and um, oh. cited cited oh. the ice puns as as a big dip in both Batman and Warner Brothers stock in 2005. So good thing um, he did like Batman Forever because that was the one with the Riddler. Well, you you know what I mean, Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman he didn't like Batman and Robin hurt Warner Brothers financially in the 90s, and he didn't want to do that again. So, uh, yes, because why would he want to put out a movie that hurts his bottom line? Yeah. That would certainly <laughs> yeah. be a recipe for disaster. <laughs> he's, uh, he's implementing his new policy only hits, no bad movies. <laughs> he wrote it down as bangers only. Bangers, bangers only. So that means Matt Woo! Swamp Thing versus Gilman is our winner. He will be in t- contact with you, he will be shipping you over to the animation farm factory prison where the animators have already started working on your project. You just need to give them the script so that they can make the mouths match. I love it. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you you win our prize. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast or on our website at debatethiscast.com. 
Train noises, train noises, train noises, spooky train noises. That's right, listeners. This is good. It's October, and that means it's time for Debate This to do two things. Make train noises and ask you to review our show. And guess what? We're all out of train noises. Last year, we challenged listeners to add 20 new reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In exchange, we said we would stream Todd playing through Doki Doki Literature Club. And you did that, and we did that. And it was a great time for everybody, except maybe Todd. And according to last, the last episode we recorded, also maybe his wife. Yeah, not, <laughs> not thrilled. A lot, of, a lot of questions. More questions than answers. And yeah. Todd's REM cycle. And, Todd, and <laughs> yeah. Todd's, Todd's sleep cycle was the real victim here. So this year we're running the same play. We're doing it again. Review the show and add us on your favorite social media platform with the proof that you reviewed us. And if we get 20 of those, we will do another spooky stream, streamer, and content to be determined. Until next time, I'm Kyle Harper. I'm Andrew Gilman. Ah, fighter of the plant man. Ah, champion of the sun, Henderson. Champion of the swamp, Andrew. Ah, damn it. Right there. Boo. I'm Todd. What Clayface got, he got to get it, put it in you, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Matt. Find an item that disappoints you. Call that a womp thing, Cole. (laughs) And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind these spooky swing sets, you spooky nerds. <laughs> <laughs>